Hello, and welcome to another episode of Olivia's Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Breitkopf, and I've got a returned guest today who was on just a few weeks ago, and uh, we loved him so much, we brought him back. Uh, today, I'm once again with a Dr. Uh, Andrew Snyder. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back. Thank you for being here. Uh, I had another topic in the college counseling realm I wanted to talk about, so I thought you'd be a good person to talk about this, uh, because we've actually off the pod, uh, we've talked about this, and the topic is uh, for high school seniors and for those who are juniors and, and younger, but we're worried about this. It's senior year. It's February, March of senior year. College application deadlines have come and gone, and you just didn't get yourself together in time. You've missed deadlines. You didn't finish things. Uh, what now? Can you still apply to college? Can you still go to college? Is it too late? So that's my uh, first question for you, Andy. Uh, is it too late for that student? No, it's not too late at all for that student. That student does have options if she or he wants to go to college next year. But can I back up the question? Yes, just please. Just a little bit. Um, whether or not that student um, has any intention of going to college next year or the year after that or the year after that is maybe the student wants a gap year or some gap years. Now is really the best time, the optimal time, to get everything from the school that the student needs. So that includes get teacher recommendations on file, get the counselor recommendations on file, take the ACTs or the SATs, get everything together so that if someday, some month, some year in the future, you need these things, you don't have to go back to a school where people only vaguely remember you, if at all. Your senior year is the time to get all of that paperwork into your folder. So we've talked about the gap year on the, uh, the pod before, but just for those, uh, just for, for folks who may not have heard that episode in a while or haven't heard that episode yet at all, what is a gap year? A gap year is um, a student taking off, deferring their admission to a college so that, for example, if a student were graduating, from high school in June of 2019, and we might expect her to start college that August. Instead, that student is going to take a year off to travel, to work, to do community service, to do something meaningful, and will start at college in August of 2020. Okay. That's the kind of traditional gap year. So so two things, there's two examples I like to use for the gap year, the planned gap year and the unplanned gap year. The planned gap year, a great example is Malia Obama, the older daughter of President and Michelle Obama. Uh, when she was graduating high school, she was accepted to her top choice schools. And rather than go immediately after graduation from high school, starting that fall at, I believe it was Harvard, yes. that she, she has gone to, uh, she chose to defer admission for a year, took a gap year, and dedicated herself to travel and community service, and uh, did that for a year, and then started uh, at what would have originally been the beginning of her sophomore year, but was now her, her, her freshman year. That's the uh, gap year that a student chooses to take 
even though they've gotten into the colleges of his or her choice. The other example is a gentleman by the name of David Hogg. He was one of the survivors of the Parkland uh, shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School last spring. He was a senior at the time. And uh, he had applied to a number of top colleges, and he did not get into his top colleges. He did get into his safety schools. And rather than go to his safety school, he uh, chose to take a gap year at that time and has dedicated himself to uh, uh, several uh, nonprofit organizations doing community service and political activism, and then reapplied to his top schools uh, during that year off, and has since gotten into pretty much all of them from what I've read, and is going, I don't even know which school he's chosen. I don't think he's chosen a school yet. Uh, he's still in the deciding phase as he started to hear back. Um, but he had he, he kind of fell into a gap year because he didn't get into the colleges of his choice. And those are two well-known figures that you, who you can look up uh, on Twitter or on the internet and learn more about them. Uh, m- many other people who either fall into a gap year or choose to take a gap year are not famous, and therefore um, you might not know about them. So those are the two examples I like to use. I just wanted to emphasize the getting all of the school work. Right. Done. I know this particular podcast is not about gap years, but about right. um, it's well, late it's February. About... What do I do right. if I didn't have my act together months ago right. when the rest of my class was writing essays and filing applications? Right, and this is I think falling into the falling into a gap year by accident is kind of one of the answers to the question of is it too late that you could take this gap year and the one thing I, I think we stressed in that episode previously and I'd like to stress again is that the gap year does not mean getting a job at your local ice cream stand uh, or flipping burgers at a local joint and just getting a minimum wage job and just kind of living in your mom's house and just kind of you know going through life that's not a gap year that's just not going to school a gap year is making a choice about doing things that uh, help prepare you for college or give you more for your resume for college that are either educational or uh, work-related that are meaningful to the college application process and your ultimate college education. Would you agree with that? Uh, Mostly, I totally agree with that. I would say uh, that some of the students I've worked with uh, need to take that year off to make money uh, in order to pay for school. Right. And... Um, while ice, uh, scooping ice cream and flipping burgers is not uh, leading directly to their future, it's mm-hmm. enabling right. college to happen. So I would hope that there could be a balance between making money that is a necessary thing mm-hmm. and having a job or taking on some leadership activities right. that can enhance an application to a school. And again, I use those examples more to talk about jobs that people are not passionate about. I get it. Jobs that people right. fall into because they're available and they're relatively easy to get with little experience. My suggestion would always be to try and find something in a field that interests you if you're going to use that as as your money-making opportunity during a gap year. Uh, I Now I totally agree. A gap year and time off are not synonymous. Right. So the first thing is if you didn't get your act together in time or, or were unable to do so for various outside-your-control circumstances, again, there's no judgment here, uh, the gap year is an option for people. Consider a gap year. You've been in school for 13 years, kindergarten through 12th grade, and you might need a 
reset that helps you focus on the work ahead that really will help make your college years that much more valuable. I'm a big fan of gap years. So let's say uh, the gap year ends up not being an option because maybe mom and dad don't understand what gap year means and they're, they're pushing you to get something going. What are some other options for someone who's blown through those deadlines and had been unable to finish the applications, unable to get them in, and therefore they're, they're not getting a letter saying whether or not they've gotten into college? Well, Jason, uh, it's true there are roughly 4,000 colleges and universities in the United States. And while the great majority of them have application deadlines and those deadlines have passed, that's not true for all of them. Many schools have, ap- have application deadlines that are March 1st, April 1st, even well into the spring and summer as they, cho- as they uh, fill their freshman class. So while most of the selective school deadlines have passed, uh, state schools and some less selective independent colleges and universities still have rolling deadlines or deadlines that have not yet passed. So to think that my hopes of getting the application in on time, my hopes of that are over, that's just not true. Mm -hmm. So again, we're talking about, this could be anything from a community college, uh, which is mostly two-year schools, uh, and either the goal is to get an associate's degree or even without that to get enough classes out of the way to apply uh, and transfer to a four-year school. Yes. Or uh, four-year colleges that are state schools or private independent schools that are not necessarily selective, not necessarily uh, competitive schools that you can get some experience under your belt, get some classes under your belt. You can still apply to those. There are other options as well. Um, just taking courses as a visiting student is something that anyone can do. Uh, It doesn't require an application with an essay and standardized test scores. It's just a matter of uh, finding out how one takes a class as a local resident. So are you talking about like like when colleges and universities, even prestigious ones, have extension programs? That's exactly what I'm talking about. So for those of listening at home who aren't familiar with this, I'm going to use an example because I have several friends who've gone through this uh, particular program. It, there's uh, Harvard University, for example, has an extension program. And that means that even if you're not a Harvard University student, a small selection of classes are available to uh, non-Harvard students and they're at Harvard and they say Harvard University on them and they are credited courses for which you pay, but you don't need to apply or gain admission to Harvard University to take them. That's right. You gain, um, as a student, you gain access to some of the facilities uh, like the library, but you do not have, uh, you will not live in the dorm, you will not eat in the dining hall, it's not being a full-time undergrad student, but it is an option for many. And those classes, are they transferable when you eventually apply to school and gain admission to a four-year university? The credits are absolutely transferable. Whether or not a particular course is transferable depends on the school to which you transfer. Mm-hmm. That is... Um, My uh, doctoral work is from Boston University, 
And while uh, BU accepted some of my uh, master's courses, they didn't accept, um, they accepted all of the credits, but certain courses they did not accept because mm -hmm. they believed the syllabi did not line up mm -hmm. well enough, even though the course titles were by and large the same. And I have a similar uh, situation. Uh, I actually chose to go to a local state university for my freshman year because of the scholarship offer. Uh, I went to Montclair State College, which is now called Montclair State University in Upper Montclair, New Jersey. Not regular Montclair, it was Upper Montclair. Of course it was. Of course it was. And I went to Montclair State because not only did they offer me a full scholarship, but I also was a National Merit Scholar. So I actually got a refund from the school and I had cash on hand. So they basically paid me $1,000 a semester to go there. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, the only problem was Montclair State wasn't the right environment for me. Uh, the, the school social life was very Greek-based. Uh, as you mentioned in the previous episode, sororities and fraternities, and that wasn't to my interest. Uh, it was mostly a commuter school of the 13,000 students who attended at the time. And again, the school's much larger these days. Uh, only about 3,000 lived on campus. Uh, the other 10,000 were commuters. So it wasn't the right environment for me, and I ended up transferring to Brandeis. Uh, when I did that transfer, all of the credit, I took a full freshman year. I entered Brandeis as a sophomore. But, for example, my uh, math, my science requirement did not transfer. I had to take a second science class at Brandeis because the, the, the course, they didn't have an oceanography course. I took oceanography because I thought it sounded cool. It was incredibly hard. It, I, I almost like cried when I realized how hard that class was. Uh, but it didn't transfer as the uh, meeting the Brandeis University's science requirement. So I ended up having to take a separate science class my senior year. And that was after me two years of fighting them on it. So that's why it took so long to take the glass. Uh, also, not a science guy, so I was trying to get out of Understood. it. Understood. Um, but my math requirement, I took a basic statistics class for history majors. That transferred. Uh, my, um, I took a class in comparative religions, and that transferred in addition to the credits, but the science class did not, for example. So things like that um, are very common in that transfer situation. So whether it's Harvard Extension School or... Uh, what Boston University calls Metropolitan College, uh, or online schools like Walden, Capella, or the University of Phoenix, all of these places are, um, or virtual places, mm -hmm. are options to take college courses um, and continue down that higher education path, even if you've missed the deadlines. All right. Now, in your experience, has a student who you felt was capable of succeeding at the college level come to you and said, I'm not smart enough, I can't do it, and what sort of advice have you given that student? I, I'm not smart enough to go to college? Yes. I'm not smart. Yeah. Again, I've had that situation from a, from a small handful of students, but I wanted to hear if you've ever encountered that situation. Uh, I have, um, and that... Anxiety uh, is is real. It's powerful, uh, and it can be very debilitating and demoralizing. But I'm here to say that, having worked with uh, over 1,100 students in my career, there is a fit for everyone. So if you're anxious about your ability to succeed academically or socially far away from home, or maybe to succeed close to home, 
there is a place for you and you should work with your guidance counselor or an independent counselor to identify some of those places where you would find success. And one thing I've, I've realized over the last few years, and again, it wasn't as prevalent or obvious when, when I went to college and, and I think when you went to college as an undergrad, but one thing I've noticed when I'm helping students who are applying to college now is a lot of schools have um, academic centers and programs for students who have learning difficulties, uh, that they've developed these these places, these centers, these programs for students over the last 20 plus years that weren't there in the past. So maybe moms and dads might not be aware of this because it wasn't there when they went to those schools or similar schools. But many schools have programs for students who have uh, dyslexia, ADD, ADHD, and other learning issues uh, that weren't there before. Our understanding of learning differences and how to accommodate the varied learning needs of students has changed dramatically over the last several decades. Uh, and not just for uh, issues of dyslexia that we've known about for a long time, but even issues of math phobia uh, or uh, I need help developing a thesis for my essay. Um, anything that falls under a uh, high school IEP or 504 plan, a college has an academic support office that will help professors deal with and accommodate and meet the needs of those students who advocate for themselves and present uh, that documentation. Now, there might be some folks who are saying, well, I'm going to graduate high school and I'm going to go into a field that doesn't require any college at all. I, I don't care about this stuff. I'm going to you know, be an electrician or a plumber. And one of the things that I've realized in working with adult students who've come back for tutoring years later is that you know, when you're in that field, whether you want to work independently or work for a corporation, there, there might be things that you can get out of school beyond high school, whether it's business classes or how to do your own accounting or you know there are programs for firefighters at local community colleges. Any school is school, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, so it might be for that uh, person looking to enter a trade uh, or computer programming uh, or whatever. It might be that a course in medieval British literature isn't appropriate <laughs> or wouldn't be valuable to their future. What? But, you don't need Chaucer when you're when you're uh, when you're building a house. <laughs> but if you're developing a business plan, if you are uh, looking to enter a new market, if you are trying to do your own accounting and grow your uh, own brand. Those are things that don't really exist through uh, our local town's adult education programs. Those are things that the, your local college, community college, or university does offer. Yeah. And that's been a big suggestion of mine for folks is that, you know, school isn't about just having a fancy degree and patting yourself on the back. It's about what you're going to get out of it. And even if you're not interested in an academic life or an academic, heavily academic field, um, getting what you need out of those sort of facilities can set you on the path for success. And when someone says, oh, I just want to be a firefighter to me, well, just is not the right word. 
That's a noble profession, and if you go to you know a firefighting program at the at the community college and get a degree in it, you can go work anywhere. You know, you have options, and that's what college is about for me. It's about options. It's about opening up your options. That's true. Uh, I would piggyback on that. I would add to that um, that some of those career paths in some of those uh, jobs, your ability to rise through the ranks is capped depending upon uh, your level of education. Mm -hmm. So not having an associate's or a bachelor's or a master's degree might um, someday be a hindrance, an impediment toward fulfilling uh, the next step on your journey. Right. Right. I agree completely. So, uh, any last thoughts before we wrap up the topic? Uh, No, I think that's what I have for you today, Jason. Excellent. Thank you so much. Andy, thank you so much for being here. It's been my pleasure. Thanks All so right. much. And, and those of you listening at home, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you. Uh, you're what makes us, uh, what inspires us to, 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 to continue to do this podcast because you know we, we see that you out there downloading the episodes and listening to them and that really makes a big difference to us. If you like this episode, please remember to heart, star, fave, thumb up, whatever your podcast listening app of choice lets you do to let us know that you like it. Hit that share sheet. Share it with your friends, family, coworkers, colleagues. Colleagues, uh, you know, share the good knowledge with them, and of course, always share it with your enemies to show them how smart you are. And of course, subscribe to the podcast so it comes downloading to your phone or other device at the earliest possible convenience. So you don't have to search us out every time. And if you want to talk to us, we'd love to hear back from you. We'd love to get some good questions and comments. Uh, you can find us on Twitter uh, at Livius Pod. Uh, that's at Livia's Pod. Again, you can't normally comment in most podcast listening apps, unfortunately. Uh, so hit us up with a comment or a concern, and if we get enough good questions, we can do a whole episode on those questions. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, let's keep learning. <laughs>